Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus, And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we continue our conversation on red flags and qualifying new customers. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, The Ultimate Pool Tools, SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, and Pivot Pool Products. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. How you doing? Wow. What an eventful week it has been. You know, with the Dallas trip is where we left off and you guys already know, but when we got back, I had a nice surprise Monday morning when we got to the shop. And so they started up the first truck for the day and it sounded like a dragster out there. And everyone was like, oh, what's going on? And they started looking under the truck and Someone had kindly come through Sunday and relieved us of eight catalytic converters. So that was a nice surprise. And we had to run on Monday. We couldn't do anything. So I got all these guys just firing up these trucks, you know, and just driving around town with their V8s, but started cycling them out, started getting them to the repair shop. And they did it at 9 a.m. in daylight. And they're all over our security cameras. You just can't see their facial features, but you can see them clear as day. And uh, so getting through that has been fun. Yeah, that didn't seem like it was a good morning for you. You seemed a little a little on edge, right, John? Yeah. I mean, as a business owner, you got plenty of that we have to deal with on a day in and day out basis, especially when you have employees and you have a team like Zach does. And then not only that, I mean, you have life and family that is also occupying mind space at all times. And then you go to work with a plan, as I know Zach always does. And then he gets bombarded or he gets sideswiped with something like this. It's, uh, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it was for him. But yeah, I don't know. Not even a but. I mean, what garbage, right? That we have to do that. You, you know, you go in there, you bust your ass, you work day in and day out. And you got some knucklehead punk thinking stealing from you is uh, is the way to go instead of going out there and earning his keep. Something that we unfortunately have to deal with no matter where you're at in the country. And suck sack, I, I feel bad, brother. But, you know, a good thing is, is, I mean, you're in a position, I mean, you can get through it and you're smart enough and you made it happen. And you had a little fun with it, with the noise of the trucks, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> you see yeah, that video? You know, yeah, you know, that was cool. That was good. a good approach to take, right? Because just... Shake them off, you know, just like haters that you have everywhere in life and just move on and get through it. Trying to find a way to prevent it from happening again, though, is that might be a pretty interesting task for you. And I know that is something that'll probably eat away at you because the last thing you want to do is put yourself in a position where it'll happen again. But what are you going to do? Go get a 50 car garage and park all your trucks in it, right? Sucks for you. As for me, I'm tired as hell today. And it, the struggle is real. I'm very tired today. And we officially moved, officially, officially. I know we said before we did some of our pools or the majority of our pools, but now we are 100% off on Saturday and doing our pools today. I'm a creature of habit, like I believe most humans are, regardless. And when you're used to something and you do something every day, day in and day out, and it's like you're almost like a mindless zombie 
after a while, especially the, the weeks just blur by, the days go by, and everything is like, this is what I do on Thursdays. This is what I do on Fridays. This is where I drive. I, I was telling some of my friends on the phone, like, you can put a blindfold over me and, I'm, and I can make it to every stop or wherever I need to go without even knowing where I'm at. But when you throw a curveball like this and we do things differently, it kind of it throws me for a loop. And I hate surprises and I hate not being in that situation before. So anyways, so if I'm a little short today and a little out of it, I'm very sorry. But I got a lot on my mind, too. Now, I have to ask, on the video that you did, Zach, for the truck, was that a stick shift? No, so these trucks have like the automatic thing. You can like click it over to do the up, down and the gears. What I was doing was I was like manipulating it and then doing all the little hesitations like I'm clutching and stuff. And so it was the best is like I pulled out on the road and there was a challenger. Like I was taking a right turn onto the main road and he was like coming through at the same time. And I just gunned it and every little like hesitation. And he's like, what in the hell is going on right now? People mowing their yard, you're driving by, they're just giving you the evil eye and stuff. I'm sorry. That's funny. But I was going to have my fun. Yeah, it sounded like it was fun. So that was a good time. So, hey, Zach, how did you like the uh, trip out here to Dallas last week? That was such a good time. I can't believe the way that the podcast turned out. It just looks so great. All the different camera angles and everything. That was really cool. That was a really fun experience. Can't wait to do it again with all of us. So we're super excited. We had a great time. I'm super excited because, guys, this Sunday we have 12 people flying into town. I'm super pumped about it. It's going to be fun. I wish we were there. We should show up. We should show up, John. We should, right? Just crash the party. <laughs> it's definitely going to be fun out there. So we have... Look, I'll tell you this. Be careful because the first thing we did, Janie was looking at now that we have Saturdays and Sundays off, which means that we can leave Friday night to go somewhere and have Saturday and Sunday. We haven't had two days back to back off in a long time. She's already planning all these trips for us that we're going to go do. We're going to go here, we're going <laughs> to the beach, we're going to buy, we're going here, maybe go to Tahoe, da 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 da. We're, and she's I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm sitting there going, okay, we're looking at like the calendar for flights to Texas and thinking how many times are we going to fly out to Texas in between now and then, right? So we might just be popping up. Uh, now that we have those back-to-back days, I won't give you a warning next time. I'll just show up at the house. Just be knocking on the door. Doot, doot, doot. Just be knocking on the door. What's for dinner? But you know he would just, on the fly, be like, oh, cool. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I'll be like. Let's roll. Let's roll, baby. Because that's how I roll. I'm like, let's go. What's for dinner, Edgar? <laughs> we we went out with Janie and Todd. What was it? Saturday? No, it wasn't Saturday night because that was Thursday night. And typical thing, John. So we go out, we hit tenders, we're getting some food, everybody's full, we're coming back. I'm ready to keep going. I'm like, Janie's never, I'm not Janie, Jamie's never been to Bucky's. So I'm like, I'm just ready to do a trip. Let's go, you know? And everybody's just like, oh, we're tired. Oh, we want to go to sleep. Oh, I'm like, whole bunch of you know what? So I'm like, I'm, we're just ready to close places down and everybody's just ready to go home and go to bed. Well, it's hard to keep up with your energy because you definitely have you have energy. I don't know if it's whether you're all wound up really tight, but <laughs> man, you are like always rearing to go. I mean, if I can bottle up just like a little bit of, of that energy, I'd be on a whole different level. But it is hard to keep up with you, Edgar. You're always listen. Life is short. You're always thinking. You're always coming up with ideas. You're always moving, walking around. You're like fidgeting. You know what I mean? You're You're, you're ready to rock and roll. Life is short. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Anyways, guys, let's jump into this thing. For all of you that are watching this video and are probably watching it, I'm kind of tripping out here because I wanted to get a grill for my teeth, John. I wanted to have a grill, but I couldn't find one. So what I did is I have the camera setting so it gives me the zebra lighting and then check this out. People, check out my teeth. Look. Wow. <laughs> is that a cool grill or what? Look at that. Damn. You bling bling. <laughs> Damn, bling bling, baby. <laughs> so, 
So if you guys want to watch it, you got to go watch the video. So anyways, for everybody out there, if you have questions, go to poolnation.com, submit your questions. We will answer those. We answer those on the Instagram line. We'll answer them on the podcast. We'll get those out there for you. The other thing that we are doing and we talked about a little bit is the financial business class. That's going to be this Sunday. And I am super excited that we have so many people coming from out of town. So we're super thrilled. Only two people are local. Everybody, guys, is driving up from minimum like four or five hours. We're going to be going and having some dinner on Saturday night, John. So we'll have to talk about where to take them for dinner. And I do want to give two big, huge shout outs this week. One of them goes to Brian Crisson. By the way, let me just take a minute here and let me just do a backtrack here because I need to give a shout out for everybody that's listening live over here. So Shannon, Jeanette, Maria, big shout out. Todd, good morning. Janie, good morning. And then, of course, we do the normal thing where Howard's like, hey, John. So, hey, big shout out to you. Hey, we're, uh, hey Howard. Howard, <laughs> big shout out to you, brother. I see you out there. So the other one is Daniel jumped on here. Hi, John. And Daniel goes, hi, Zach. Forget about Edgar. We don't need to say hi to Edgar. So you know what it is, John? They're jealous of my bling. Told you. They're intimidated. No, they're intimidated. My bling. Or maybe it's because you call them Hayward and Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe it is that. Maybe they're looking at me, John, and they're going like, so anyways, listen, big huge shout out to Brian. Yeah, big shout out out there to Brian Croissant from Hayward. He reached out to us and he wanted to sponsor our lunch. And by the way, he reached out to me. I didn't reach out to anybody. And this is what I love about some of the partnerships that we have, guys, is that we will actually get people calling us and we don't have to be calling and asking for things. And so big huge shout out to Brian and Hayward for sponsoring that lunch Yesterday morning, I got a call from Terry Arco, and he said that he was listening to the Instagram Live. He knows that we were doing the financial business class, and he wanted to sponsor breakfast for everybody. So how cool is that? Completely out of the blue. I didn't ask for anything. He called. We're having a conversation. He said, hey, I'd love to be able to set up breakfast for you guys. Well, it looks like I'm probably going to be showing flying out to Texas. I got free lunch and free breakfast. It'll be well worth it. And by the way, for those that are listening, I do have a couple of tricks up my sleeve for you guys out here. So you're going to want to come out, right, John? That's kind of scary. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Yeah. So here's the, here's, here's the thing, John, is we have a little surprise, but then also we're going to give them a tour of Studio A. So we're going to go play in Studio A. We're going to play and shoot some videos and kind of have some fun in that Studio A. Anyways, so big shout out to Brian. Big shout out to Terry. Thank you so much, guys, for reaching out and for sponsoring the meals out there for everybody that's coming for the class. So let's dive into this today. A couple of weeks ago, we got a question from Jeanette Horn about qualifying customers, and we talked about it in that peer-to-peer meeting, and it was a lot of great information. So when we did episode one of this podcast, we talked about a couple of different things, and I'll give a really quick recap. Number one, we talked about what red flags you should look for when you're taking on a new pool. And Zach and John were talking about those. We talked about the things to look for when you answer that first call. So when you're having that first call with the customers, what are the things that you're looking for while you're having that phone conversation? Then we talked about the red flags to look for when you make it to that house and you're actually, you know, starting to get out there to quote the pool, what things to look for. And then the other thing that we talked about is, you know, with John and Zach is if it was a really big deal, if it was a first, you know, residence home or not. So we kind of talked about those. And so today we're going to continue our conversation on how to qualify those customers. And we talked a little bit about it, John, last time, but I want to go into a lot more detail on this one today because it seems to be big expanding market out there. And that is when it comes to vacation rentals and you're going over to quote that vacation rental, what are some of the red flags that you look at a vacation rental versus a residential? God, I can answer. We can sit there and we can talk for about an hour trying to unpack that question and getting a good answer for you. But the reality is, first and foremost, regardless of whether it's a a vacation rental or whether it's just a residential home, 
it's a pool. And if the pool isn't, you need to treat it, first of all, as a pool and understanding whether or not that's a backyard or a home that you want to service. And if it passes that bar, whatever expectations you have on whether or not you would want to service it, then you need to look at, okay, that's like the minimum funding gate on whether you're going to do that. And then what's most importantly for us is the type of relationship that you'll have with that homeowner or property manager or whoever's running that vacation rental. Because if you think for one second you're going to do an Airbnb and it's going to be a hands-off type like most of the other accounts that you have, you know, sometimes you have talkative clients or clients that are always home and when they come out there, you have a relationship and you speak with them. And then, but for the majority, you're going to the backyard, you do your work, you do your job, you do what you need to do, and you don't have constant interaction with the clients every single day. In this case, when you're doing an Airbnb, you are going to have interaction with the homeowner. And if there isn't a good relationship between you and them, or you feel you can't build on a good relationship, then that's something that you're you're just going to have to feel out and decide on whether or not you're going to uh, want to take it on. Because how do I put this? An Airbnb, you can never treat like a residential pool. You just can't. There's no way. There's no way. It's In essence, it's a commercial pool is what it really is. And the demand for it is going to be at minimum like two, three, or four times what a regular residential pool is demanding. Also, as far as the unknowns, I talk about I hate surprises, and I like consistency when I go into a backyard, and you have a good idea of what to expect from a backyard when you're walking back there. If it was windy, what that pool's probably going to look like, who usually uses a pool, if the pool never gets used, if they're from out of town, if they're back in town, whatever. You just have a good idea of what to expect, and we all gone to a backyard and said, what the hell happened? Throw all that out the window with an Airbnb because you just have no idea what you're walking into. And if you think you can smash through an Airbnb in like 10, 15 minutes, it's going to be tough for you to do. It's just not something that ever happens. There's no way. There's no, nope. You have to take into consideration of the unknown constantly and you have to charge accordingly for it. If I were to just give one thing to say, and I know I'm not really kind of going into detail you said going to, but if I were just to say one thing that you needed to do before you took on an Airbnb or a vacation rental is have clear expectations with the homeowner that your time is not free. And you understand that they are running a business. So they're small business owners in essence because they're running a business doing their vacation rental. And so are you. So there needs to be a clear expectation of what is included in the price that you're charging them. And I would hope that at minimum, you should be charging at least 50% more than what you're charging for a residential pool, whatever your quote is or whatever your rate is. I would personally say 50% more is a good starting point to help compensate for the extra time and effort you're going to have to take or text messages, phone calls, and things you're going to have to take having that pool. And then explain to them that any other time aside from what your service day is or anything outside of the scope of work of servicing the pool comes at a cost. And also that you're, that you're willing because you have to also be willing to be there for them when they need you. This is not going to be a type of account, oh, it can wait until Wednesday or it can wait until Friday. The chances are when they have guests there and something's wrong or they think something's wrong or they can't do this, they need to depend on you to be able to go there to help them out or to, to resolve any situation that's there. As long as there's an understanding that there's a charge for that and they're okay with it and they get that and you deliver it, it can be one of the most lucrative accounts you have on your route if you do it correctly, or it can break you if you do it incorrectly. And unfortunately, most people do it incorrectly. If you're not willing to put that extra effort into that account, I promise you it's not going to last long. They need somebody. It's almost somebody on call. And if you're, if you're, if you're willing to provide that service and they understand that they need to pay for that service, then it could turn into a very, very, very profitable arrangement. We have Airbnbs where, you know, we make four or five service calls a month in addition to 
our weekly service that we do. When you start, our service calls are $125 a piece. And there's a clear understanding and it's something that they want to do and that's something they want and they make, okay, I need you because to them, it's more important that you're available for them to go out there. You're able to go there, resolve the problem, right? And then the guests are happy. And if the guests are happy, then they review them well and their Airbnb flourishes, right? And they make more money and then they love you. And you'll learn with the Airbnb community, once you do it well, right? And you build a reputation, the word, the mouth is crazy as far as advertisement. And you will get phone calls. I guess Airbnbers, they're like a click and they all talk to each other. And when they find somebody that's great and it's hard to find somebody, they will definitely get your name out there to service other accounts if you're willing to take them on. Plus those accounts tend to be very profitable when it comes down to equipment. You know, you don't, when things are broken, they want it fixed, right? There's not this, ah. And it needs to be fixed now. It needs to be fixed now. And just like anything in life, there is, you can, you pay a premium, right? Look, Hey, I'm a week out or I got this, I got that. I need this. Or you want me to jump through hoops and, and call in favors to make things happen? Well, there's a cost to that. You know, my time is expensive and they understand it. As long as you deliver it, they're willing to pay it. It can be a great thing or it can be the worst thing that ever happened to your company, but we choose to play with vacation rentals and we have quite a few of them and they've been very good to us. They're very lucrative. If you do them right, they're very lucrative. And so I made the mistake, John, I did the same thing. I started with vacation rentals. And again, when I was doing them out over by Disneyland, there was really only like two or three. And by the time I left, there was almost 500 vacation rentals. It it had exploded. But I did the same thing. I started with those vacation rentals thinking that it was just a regular pool. And boy, did I learn very quickly that that was not the case. And it took me some time to figure out that you needed to set those expectations from the beginning and that you needed to charge those higher rates. And we talked about it yesterday. We were, you and I were on a phone call and it was like, I'd be doing my Thursday pools and I got 20 something pools. And all of a sudden you get a call and they want it fixed now and they want it now and you got to drop everything that you're doing on your Thursday to go all the way back to take a look at it to then try to figure it out to then go back and finish all your pools. Look, I just want to add one more thing to that. And I know we're kind of, I'm a little long-winded, but I think this is really important. It's maybe a fair warning out there. If you're just starting in the business and you're starting this venture as a, a pool service company, I highly recommend to kind of hold off on taking vacation rentals at first, unless you're very disciplined and you're able to set those expectations like we talked about, because I'm going to keep it real. When we first start, when anybody first starts, you're in that yes man mentality. Okay. You want to please, and you think you're in a position where you need them. You know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And yes, I'll be there or I'll answer the call at 10 o'clock or yeah, I'll go there. No problem. And I won't charge you for it. Right. And you start to blur the line. And what will happen is they will take advantage of you, I promise. And once you set an expectation, they're going to hold you to that. And if you can't deliver on that on a consistent basis, it's not like you can turn around and change that expectation very easily in the future. It'll damage the relationship that you have. And it'll make you regret or dread servicing that pool. When you're a little bit more established and you have, and you're confident in what you're doing, you're able to set those boundaries and say, Hey, this is what it is. Take it or leave it. This is how we're going to do business. If you want to do business with us, we're opposed to when you first start, it's like, you know, we all did it. We had our first account. We were there as God knows an hour, you know, and then we, any little call we're there and we're, we're all paranoid. And of course, of course I'll be there. And we think everything's our fault when something's wrong with the pool. When you're new, you know, oh my God, something's wrong with the pool's dirty. It must be my fault or there's a leak. Oh, that's my fault. No, it's not, right? It's not your fault. That's what happens. You're there as the problem solver, the solution to fix it. And we don't have that confidence at the beginning or very few do. So tread lightly if you're new into the industry going into Airbnbs. I don't do vacation rentals. Like last time I mentioned, maybe we have some, we're just not aware of it. I'm curious because dealing with realtors and real estate agents, they tend to be very like cheap when it comes to like getting things done. For the Airbnb side of things, they're more willing to pay the price and they just need it done because like you said, they're running a small business essentially. So it's kind of a different dynamic than the real estate. 
a little bit different. Don't get me wrong. There, there's definitely some some cheap asses out there, right, that don't want to spend money, but they do know that it needs to get done. So it's not so much, hey, I don't want to get it fixed or I don't want to spend the money to fix it, but I might not want to spend that much. What's the cheaper option? It's not necessarily, you know, they don't want to get it done. Usually the pool is the biggest highlight for their Airbnb. I mean, that's their focus point. And mostly people who rent that are looking for pools, that's where they want to go. They want to go spend the time in the pool. So that's like the most important part of their rental. And if it's not in good shape or if it's not pleasurable for the guests, then they feel it or they'll know real soon that, hey, me cheaping out on this is costing me down the road. So, yeah, it's definitely different. Realtors are always, in my opinion, not all of them, some of them, but, yeah, they're the biggest pain in the ass to deal with. And I've wasted more time. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're just looking to flip and sell. They don't care. They don't have. They don't give. And they'll promise you the world. They'll promise you, the, oh, if you do this, I'll get you this. And I'll get you these many pools. I'll get you these many friends. Again, <laughs> yeah. When you're new, you're like, oh, my God, a realtor. How many pools? Oh, oh, I have it. Can you come do this inspection? Or can you come look at this and do that and tell us? No, all that. I can't tell you how many hours of time and money I've lost and wasted at the beginning of my career because I went down that rabbit hole. You know, now it's like, you want me to go into the backyard to even talk or to look or to check out anything? You're going to pay my service call to go out there. That's it, period. If not, cool. And then what I let them know is, hey, if we need to do a bunch of work or we got to do this and that, then I'll apply that towards that or whatever, because they don't want to. That's a completely different subject. I usually run away. For me, if I'm taking a look at vacation rentals and I'm telling people, hey, let's look at some red flags, I would start off by trying to figure out, especially like John was saying, whether the people are cheap or not. So you have, just like in any business, right? You are going to have people that are going to want to invest in it. You're going to have people that want to keep that in tip top shape. And then you have the other people that are cheap, right? Every time that you tell them something needs to be done, they're ha hum. They don't want to spend the money. So really kind of start, try to figure out with that customer, if you start telling them, hey, I need you to go there two times a week. And they're like, oh, well, let's just do it once a week, right? There's kind of your red flag because a vacation rental is very, very, very difficult to be able to service once a week. Really the vacation rental that you're going to be able to service once a week is that vacation that barely gets rented out. But if you have a vacation rental that's getting rented out all the time, think about it. You've got people, eight, nine, 10, 14 people in the house, and you have this small backyard pool that's really not meant to have 15, 16 people swimming for three or four days in a row. You know, it's going to be very difficult to be able to keep that pool in tip top shape. So, flag, start talking to the customer, start having that conversation. They start obviously trying to cut you from the beginning and trying to reduce things. It's probably not a good sign because like John said, the ones that have been doing it for a while, they've been in the game, they've had some of the problems and now they're willing to go, you know what, let me pay so that that doesn't become a problem. Because here's the thing, you have people checking into a house and that pool is cloudy. What are they going to do? They're going to call the homeowner, they're going to complain, and then they're afraid that they're going to get a bad review online. So guess what's going to happen? That homeowner is going to call you, that vacation rental owner is going to call you and say, hey, I have these people checking in. They're complaining that the pool's cloudy. I need you to get out here and fix that right now. You know, you really need to go into it looking at that type of relationship and making sure that they're not cheaping out from the beginning. Second thing is I would suggest really take a look at that equipment pad before you get into that vacation rental. There was plenty of times that I got into those vacation rentals, John. And the equipment was trash. Um, And I'm trying to be nice and not drop some bad words here. But, you know, you got these heaters that are 150 years old and they're not wanting to upgrade the heaters, but yet the heater keeps breaking all the time. Or you got pump seal leaking and they're like, oh, well, let's wait and, you know, we can do it later on. Or they had that old, old pump that is on its last leg and that's kind of giving you a difficult time to upkeep that pool again you got to go look at those you see the old equipment that they're not updating it that could be a red flag right because if they're in the vacation rental you need to have that equipment in tip-top shape go into it looking like john was saying like it's a commercial pool because that's what it is it's a commercial pool vacation rentals are not residential pools they just happen to be in a residential backyard but they're a commercial pool 
And so they're going to be very high demanding, but here's the beauty of it. They could be very, very profitable. Once you make that step and that light switch goes on, John, because it's just a matter of the learning process and eventually you get there. But once that switch goes off and the confidence goes up and you're able to charge what you need to be charging for those vacation rentals, they could be very profitable. They can be. And especially equipment wise too, we go into backyards and we look at that subpar equipment and I think of it like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, we talked about selling to customers and the difference between when a customer tells you no, it's not that no, it's that they don't know, right? And it's my job to to help them know or understand why they need something. And when we look at a backyard or a heater and it's a vacation rental and I know it's a pain in the ass or I know they don't have automation or they have a, a small little 320 filter and the pool's getting used like you're talking about, you know, 13, 14 people in a 10K pool. And they're saying when you're sitting there and qualifying the customers and you're having that first initial conversation, and why am I here? Well, my last pool guy or my last pool girl, my pool's always cloudy or, you know, I always have algae or pool never has chlorine in it or it's always dirty or whatever. And then you can start taking those, those answers that they give you and you can attribute it to, hey, look, your filter is undersized for the application. This isn't going to work. We literally have 7,000 gallon pools that are Airbnbs that, that we have where we put in 580 square foot filter cartridges in, right? 520 square foot filter cartridges in. You have to. Because I, I tell our girl, you're going to kill me. I have to clean this damn filter once a month. You're going to pay me more money in filter cleans. And to me, it's not worth it because it's just a waste of my time that I have to do that many frigging filter cleans. And then the disappointment of like, oh, the pool is trash because filtration is so important when it comes down to cleanliness of the water. If you present them and you go, this was the problem you were having and this is why or part of the reason why you're having that problem. Heater, same thing too. Like, you know, to service this heater, it's obsolete. It's going to cost you a lot of money and it's going to be hard to find parts to to fix this heater. So when we do service calls to come out and fix it, there's a good chance that it's not going to be able to be fixed on the spot immediately because parts are very hard to come by or whatever. If we upgrade your heater and get a bigger heater, you have this as the benefit, right? You have parts that are readily available. It's under warranty. You explain it to them. To them, it makes sense. You know, they can attach dollar and go, oh, of course I want to replace this heater. Why am I going to spend this? Let me do that. If the old heater, you know, you can tell the heater's been there for 20 years and it's a little less efficient. It's probably a lot more inefficient now because the exchanger set it up or it's calcified or something's going on, right? And you go, hey, look, just alone by putting a new heater in, you're going to save yourself money because that heater gets used constantly. You're going to save your money in, in gas. It'll pay for itself over time compared to this one. And you put it into that perspective for them, they get it and they want to do it. Uh, the other thing is, is like automation, you know, go, hey, you don't have automation. It's like a no brainer. If we take over an Airbnb, we need automation. I need to be able to look at the pool on my phone to see what's going on, because there's a lot of things that can tell you. And there's so much that can be fixed via the app. You present that to them and go, hey, look, here we go. Now we have controls where now we can diagnose over the phone. You'll save money in service calls. You'll have visibility on who's using the pool, how they're using it. If the spa has been left on for 24 hours, if they're using the heater and they haven't paid for it, how do you get control over that? You know, the thing is because if they can manually know how to work the heater and they turn it on, but yet they didn't pay for pool heat, how do you control that? Well, with this, we can do an app. We can set up a password or whatever, you know, and then people are like, absolutely, I want to do that. And it can turn into uh, quite a good chunk of change for you and make the pool a lot easier to maintain and make the client that much more happier now because they have that much more control or they'll have clients that are that much happier staying at their, at their residence. So, you know, we're talking about all these things and customers, if you're having those conversations with those customers and they're not wanting to do those things on a vacation rental, there's your red flag. Exactly. There's your red flag, man. There's your red flag. You just pick up and you just move on because- let me tell you what's going to happen. And I'm telling you by experience, you think like, oh, it'll be okay. Then down the road, they'll replace it or they'll do it. They won't. And you're going to be getting calls with cloudy pools or pools that aren't warm or all that. And it's just going to create a nightmare of a scenario for you. 
especially on vacation rentals, you got to treat them as those commercial pools. And if you don't, it will come back and bite you in the you know what. So Zach, when you're going over to a customer's house and you're going to give a quote, how much importance do you put on the pad when you guys are taking over a pool? So initially we just kind of look at it, get a visual idea of like, is this thing old, outdated? Where is it at? Are the pumps functional? It's more of just like a functionality thing Um, because we have a startup service, which includes, so once they commit to going out or to signing up for service, we go out and we'll do that full deep dive diagnosis and inspection of the equipment. We'll provide them for an estimate at that time. So when we first go out, we don't put a lot of importance on it. It's just, hey, is there equipment? Hey, does the pump turn on? Hey, how does the filter? Is it leaking all over? Some pictures and that's it. Um, and then once they make that commitment and they pay for that startup service, then we'll do the deep dive. So you go out and what happens if you get to that situation where you have some equipment, you know, you have that old pump that really is just not working that well. Do you require them to make that change before you start service? Depends. So if it's just an old pump that maybe sounds like it's starting to go on its way out, we'll notify them and set that expectation that this pump is on its way out. So you can expect to have to replace this at some point. Um, Now, if we go out to a pool and you know how it is, hey, I want to get service. There's a little bit of green. You go out, it's a swamp. There's four feet of grass around the equipment. You can barely find it. At that point, before we even move to a startup, it would be a service call where we would send out Justin or licensed tech to go out, do that full inspection, and then require, hey, we need this area cleaned up. We're going to have to do a turnaround on this pool prior to starting, and we'll give those estimates at that time. That's awesome. Hey, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation podcast. We're talking to John. We're talking to Zach. We continue our conversation with Red Flags with customers 
we kind of did a little bit of a deep dive into the vacation rental market. And we keep getting a lot of questions on that, Zach. I think it's just becoming so much more common nowadays, the vacation rentals. And I think pretty much in every market that you go to, I, I said pretty much, not every market, but pretty much a lot of the markets, you're kind of getting those vacation rentals. And the point with the vacation rentals is that, like John was saying, most of them, one of the biggest attractions is obviously the pools. And you kind of go out, you're kind of trying to find a vacation rental with a pool. You got kids, they can obviously swim, get distracted, have a good time while they're there. And you really kind of can't treat those as a residential. You have to treat it more as a commercial and you have to quote it like that commercial. Anyways, we continue our conversation with regards to the red flags. And Zach, let me ask you, is a red flag for you a yard that has three or four dogs in the backyard? Backyard's kind of not upkept as much. Do you put a lot of focus on that? Is that something that you look at? So no, to be honest. And it's something that we're going to start looking at more. And the, the thing is, is that without being direct or intentional with that question about are there animals that get in the pool because now you realize there's ducks and there's dogs and there's all sorts of crap that gets in there but it kind of opened my eyes a few weeks ago we had this pool on route for a few years and every summer when we get into the heat of it we start getting that little bit of algae and we battle it and battle it and we get it whipped in shape and then it some time goes by and we get a little more and we've done a lot of different things we've investigated it a lot of different ways and tried different things and it just continues to be a thing well after a few years, I'm there a couple of weeks ago and there's a dog in the backyard and I'd never seen this dog before. And he starts getting up and jumping into the pool over and over and over while I'm there. And it made me realize, okay, like maybe this is part of the problem. They have dogs. So they have two dogs. Once I asked them that use the pool all the time. So this is a question that we are going to add to our checkout when we first go out and look at the pool and and bather load. I mean, just asking people. We had another customer the um, last week, and they use their pool for like hosting parties or something, like a business. Like they have people come over and they host these pool parties. It's the weirdest thing, but you just never think to ask about these things initially. Yeah, and I think there's a new app or there's a new platform, Swimly, where people can use. I think it's called Swim. What is it called? Swimly, I think. Swimly, and so something like that. You basically rent out the pool, right? Is that is that how it works, John? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another good thing to obviously take a look at and try to figure out. John, what about you? Do you really kind of focus a lot on pets in the backyard? Oh, yeah. Pets are like a big no-no for me. And it could be because I'm a big baby now because I was attacked by a dog, I don't know, six years ago and almost died. They're an unknown. I love dogs and I love animals, but I love my dog. Uh, and I like Roscoe too, <laughs> but it makes my day difficult going into a backyard. If it's a small dog, it's not, I'm not worried as far as like is physical fear of something going on, but I make it very clear to my clients that when I'm in the backyard, the dogs aren't in the backyard. If I still have a, and we have very few at the, for those homes, we always knock on the door or we let them know we're coming and the dogs are put away. Um, if they're in the backyard, when I walk back there, I leave dog in the backyard. I'm done. I'm not going back there. I can't finagle or negotiate with an animal while I'm trying to do my, my work. It just doesn't fit with me. And especially if they swim, you know, that changes the whole dynamic of pool chemistry. Dogs are, you know, and you hear it everywhere. Dogs are in there from eight to 50 times, a hundred times, a hundred people swimming in it. You just don't know. Dogs are dirty. They roll around in the grass, they shit and they piss everywhere. They lick themselves. They It, it just happens, right? And they jump in the pool and they got a lot of hair, clogs up filters. It, it makes maintaining a pool very difficult. And if dogs are swimming in it, you need to treat it differently and you need to charge accordingly. It is always a question that we ask when we go into a new customer quote, whether or not they have pets. And if they do, what type of pet and based on the type of pet, do they swim? And if they lie to us and tell us they don't swim and they end up swimming, then, you know, we have a conversation and say, hey, look, we took over this pool under the assumption that dogs are not swimming. Because they are swimming, your chemical load is going to go up. We're going to need to use more chemicals and this, this, and that, and your pool is going to need a little extra attention. And um, you need to be charged accordingly for it. That's okay. And usually they get it and they understand it or they try to keep them out. But as far as dogs, it is a big red flag for me. And then who likes to walk? 
and step in dog shit too while they're walking back and forth or drag their riptide cart or power vac cart through a pile of shit or step in it, right? Oh, it's the worst. For me, it's a big no-no. There's plenty of pools out there. And unless you can have a good understanding with the client and they keep up with it and they hold their end of the bargain, then usually it's a no for us. I want to follow up and have a question. How do you handle it? So do you just say flat out, like if dogs are in the backyard yeah, or there's dogs at the property, as long as they're put up at service. So let's say they have dogs, but they put them at service and you have that side by the equipment, which is usually the freaking shit zone. Yeah. How do yeah. you, do you say anything to customers if you get that, like we do where it's all of your shoes and your carts and stuff can you clean up? <laughs> yeah. We can leave it in the service notes, right? And we do it that way and just say, hey, look, can you please have the area, the, the side area or access area cleaned of uh, dog poop, you know what I mean? Or whatever. For the most part, clients are very like, at least ours are, you know, where they're very, they have a lot of due diligence and they're like, oh my God, John, I'm sorry. Or you're here, sorry, you're here a little earlier than usual. And they run out there and they start scooping up and they do what they need to do. It's cool. You know, it's not usually a disaster. And there's going to be a few landmines here or there and you can navigate through them. But when it when you know they're neglecting it and they're just literally flipping you the bird and telling you, I care less. And it's just a row of shit that you have to go down. I won't go down it. And it's just like, no, I, I can't access this. I'm not going to walk through a tunnel of shit and then get into my truck. And you just let the clients know and say, hey, look, or when we go back there again, if I hear a dog barking or whatever, and I know there's dogs. I'll always like bang on the gate or I'll do something, something or I'll make a noise. And if it comes running out, I'm gone. And I'll snap a picture of the dog and say, dog was in the backyard. I'm out. You're supposed to have the dog put away and they get it. And I think that this is good for people that do have employees that they send out to think about because no one wants to go trudging through a bunch of dog crap and get it on the shoe and sit in the truck and get it on the floor mat. And no one wants... A lot of guys are really uncomfortable or a lot of pool professionals, I should say, are really uncomfortable with animals in the backyard. And it doesn't matter how nice they are when you're not around or when the homeowner's not around, they do not know how the dog behaves. And I was not nearly as bad as your incident, but had a homeowner out there with a dog, left it. Oh, they won't bother you. I walked by the dog and it bit me in the thigh. You know, when they were around, no problem, but they were gone and the dog bit me in the thigh. And it's like, I don't want to subject any of my people to that you know it's just it's better for the safety of the animal it's better for the safety of the people just put them up yeah it is and here's the thing like with john i never used to put a lot of focus on the dogs i really wasn't worried about it and it was the same thing zach i went over so the customer had asked me for something and i came over and i was leaving it over by the back sliding glass door and so the dog was you know like mid-sized dog and when I was there, the dog was absolutely fine with me. I didn't have any problems. And when I grabbed this and I went to go put it over by the sliding glass door, I'm assuming that it was because I was getting close to going into the house. And I turn, the dog grabbed me and bit me right in the back of the calf. And he got me pretty good. You know, at that point, that's when that started to become a red flag for me. Dogs started to become an issue for me because it was the same thing. I'm thinking, that's me. I'm the business owner. I'll deal with it. I'll get through it. I'll muscle through it. But once you have employees, it's a different game, right? Because you have to protect those employees. So, you know, from that moment on, those started to really kind of become a red flag. And I remember having the, his neighbor that had two dogs and it was the same thing. The lady would be like, oh, you know, he doesn't bite or he doesn't whatever, but yet he would seem like he was aggressive. And I'm like, nope. Sorry, can't do this. I'm, and I just refused to do the pool because I didn't want to get into, I'm showing up on a Thursday morning, John, you're running behind 30, 45 minutes. You start to get that anxiety and that crankiness that you're falling behind on a Thursday. You got a lot of work ahead of you. And now you're having to wait 10, 15 minutes for them to put the dogs away. It's like, I, I can't have that on a Thursday. I don't want that on a Thursday, not on my day that I have to get through all these pools. So definitely a red flag for me. I do want to say something over here. So big, huge shout out to Corey, Scotland, Gary, big shout out. And by now, I think what's happening, guys, is that people are figuring out, hey, you know, let's bash on Edgar over on the Insta chat. So Corey jumps on and says, I just want to say hi to Zach and John. So, (laughs) 
So Corey, I know that you're going, Corey's, Corey's coming over to the business training class. So I'm going to have to get even on that one. I think I'm going to say hi to everybody in the room, but Corey and see if he catches on to that one, guys. Look here, I want to, and I know we've been talking about dogs for a while, but I just had an incident just happen to me. And this was more of icing on the cake because this, this client, this account we were having some issues with, and we were going to just let him go because there's a leak that needs to be fixed. And he's hemming and hawing about it and not there. He doesn't see it as a big deal to him, but he just doesn't understand how difficult it makes maintaining the pool, especially a salt pool with a leak. And you can't hold any salt, can't hold any conditioner in it. But anyways, I went back there to service the pool on Monday and they're there in the backyard, the husband and the wife, and they had a friend over there doing something. They had this little dog, this little mutt, whatever it is. And every time it come up, it goes to attack me, whatever. But it doesn't bite, and I'm not worried about it because it's literally smaller than my shoe. But every time I walked by or I came close, it would charge me and come, and I'd have to stop and look at it, right, so that it wouldn't bite. And then I'm doing my thing and then keep looking and say something and try to. It took me an extra 12 minutes maybe to service that pool because of the time I had to take or stop or do this back and forth. And it's yapping. I mean, the whole time they're sitting there in the backyard and they're seeing it happen and they got no respect for me. And they're not doing anything about it. And they're not telling the dog to shut up <laughs> and take the dog inside <sighs> while I'm working, right? They have no respect. And it's like, and they see me battling back and forth and I'm trying to be respectful and professional and doing what I need to do. And I'm working, I'm there and I'm already sweating my ass off. It's hot. I'm already pissed off, right? And 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 it it literally maybe. 20 times this dog came to attack me and I had to stop what I'm doing to get him. And then they're just sitting there like, and then to me, when, when I walked away from that backyard, I was like, that's it. I'm over it. This pool. I'm done. With I'm done. No respect for me. I got no respect. Yeah, you for can't. You. Out of here. Did you quit? You can't. Oh yeah. We're done this month. Last month it's over. And it's, it, oh, it's so frustrating. I'm like, and I wanted to look at him. I go, you know, who do you think you are? What respectful person would, would allow you know, somebody who's doing a service for you to be treated that way in front of your eyes and you not do anything to better it, you know, or you not do anything to try to alleviate it. It's like your kids acting like a fool or being disrespectful and you not scolding them or disciplining them or controlling them when you're out, you know, at somebody's house or doing something and just letting them run wild and be a fool. I, I was so heated. I almost punted that dog into the pole. And I'm sure a lot of people are going are, are gonna to be pissed at me for saying it. But it's the truth. And I was just like, what? Are you kidding me? Janie, Janie's already yelling at him from the corner over there. And it was nipping my croc, too. But a lot of people think it's cute. That's my favorite. When they're like, oh, and the dog's like biting your calves and stuff. And you're just like, oh. The big challenge is that everybody always says, oh, my dog doesn't bite. My dog doesn't bite. My dog doesn't bite. But they do, right? Those are the ones that kind of go out there. Hey, big huge shout out to Todd Pieri, which is on here. He's saying, hey, boys, everyone is looking good. Big shout out to you, Todd. We uh, really enjoyed having you out here. I got some, we have some stuff coming out very soon from that trip out here. So big huge shout out to you. Zach, John, let's do this. Let's go to one more question and then I will jump in and get your final thoughts. And the last one that I want to ask you is, you know, obviously John probably kind of answered this one, but how much do you, importance do you put now into chemistry with your customers than when you did, when you started doing business, right? How much importance do you put into that now in your business? It is probably more important than anything now for me. And it's changed over time. It's evolved. I've evolved because my business model and what's important to me has changed. When you first start out, you can't always hope for, you know, your soulmate every time or everything to be sunshine and rainbows if, to be a perfect life or everything just to be a cream puff. It just doesn't work that way. And you need to be realistic. But you need to, it doesn't mean that you don't strive for that and that's not what you go for or you move towards. And it also doesn't mean that you need to settle for garbage and be abused. As you become more developed, as you become more comfortable and confident in your abilities and you become more established as a company, you start to see that chemistry and relationships with the homeowner matter much more than a lot of other things. It's weighted much heavier because to me, peace of mind is 
much more valuable than making a little bit more per month per an account or making a little bit extra dollars in my bank account. Absolutely. It is quality of life and quality of work is so much more valuable to me now. That is my number one import is my focus and might sound arrogant and you can look however you want. And I'm not, if anybody knows me, I'm not an arrogant person. It's just that I'm just in a position where I don't need that. I've worked hard enough in my life. It's, it's the journey. Where I've finally gotten to a point where I don't need to put up with that in order to, to live my life. I do what I do because I love it. I am passionate. I enjoy it. And if I don't have that fire or if, if I don't achieve that or I don't, if I feel like I felt at that customer's house, you know, and that's a, trust me, that's a high paying account. And to me, I was like, I can give a shit less. I mean, like, I wish I would have never, ever, ever, ever serviced that house. And because that disrespect to me, it just, it, it speaks volumes and it means more to me. So yeah, chemistry is very, very important. And, but again, I want to clarify, it doesn't mean that you need to be buddy buddies, right? Or you have to be, you go out to dinner and barbecue or they have to say, oh, you're the great. That's not it. It's a mutual respect for each other. And I have great chemistry with people that I hardly talk to because, but we have that mutual respect. That's so important. And to be honest, that's, we, I have clients too that we just, they just love me and we have a great conversation that they take up a lot of time. And it's like, huh. <laughs> You're like, am I coming here to service the pool or to talk to you? Cause I had, I had plenty of those where it was. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, I have clients. Yeah. You spend more time talking to them to servicing the pool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. And then it's like, oh, here's the saga of the remodel of the house and the life. And this is and that because they, you know, they like you and you like them and you, whatever, you know, you have conversations and that's important too. Chemistry is, comes in many different forms. I would more like replace the chemistry with respect. As long as there's res mutual respect between each other, um, that is what's the most important thing that I look for when we service clients now. Yeah, that to me is part of the journey, right? Like you start in the pool industry, you don't look at those things, you don't pay attention to those things. And eventually in your journey, you figure out that those things are important and you start to shift your behavior when you're looking for these customers and you start to look for that from the beginning. And those are the red flags that stand out. And those are the red flags that you look at and you go, this isn't the right customer. It's better to just not go there and not have the potential of having the headache than taking the customer on. What are your thoughts, Zach? So total agreement. You're abused a lot as a new professional in the industry. And as time goes on, you do learn to perfect that. And I think it's super important because that most of the times it's going to dictate the, the relationship throughout the entire time of service. But I will say there have been instances where we have that customer, they seem a little skeptical. And it's probably because of their experience with other providers in the past. And then at first, it's kind of a rocky road. But over time, by us just being confident and firm and setting firm expectations, then it turns into that respect that John's talking about. And one of our biggest, I've probably told this story before, but one of our biggest advocates on social media, like every Facebook post and ad for a long time, they were just like, oh, these, these guys are the greatest. This is the best company. But when we started, they didn't didn't like us. You get tired of the abuse and you get into a point where you don't have to take it anymore. And it's the 2080 rule, right? So it's, the, it's like that 20% of people kind of mentioned this earlier, but when you have a team, you have to take that into consideration too, because you don't, you wonder why your team leaves when they go out and they're stepping in dog shit and they're going and dealing with customers who belittle them and are rude to them and don't treat them like a professional. And then they're like, hey, I don't really want to deal with this. I'm finding another job. Like you as an owner or manager or leader, you have to be able to step in and take that burden away from them and make sure that they're not having to go through that. Agreed 100%. Hey guys, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. 
With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with John and Zach. We are talking about red flags, qualifying customers. We're towards the end of the podcast, you know, and, and keeping everything with tradition. John, let's go with Zach. So I'm going to go off topic here. If I uh, seemed sidetracked today, <laughs> it's because every time I unmute myself to talk, the neighborhood kids start beating on my front door for my kids to come out and play. And I just keep thinking, oh, Edgar's <laughs> going to be so pissed. And so I finally went and opened the door and hey, you know, knock it off and probably looked like Clint Eastwood out of one of those movies where he's yelling at his neighbors. But now they're all literally out there in a big gang, like like a pack of hyenas out there. And I'm afraid <laughs> to go outside to leave for work. So, so yeah, that, that's my final thoughts. John, they're going to be the ones that steal his catalytic converter just to get even. Let's get rid of this. This is old man over here. Scary guy. Right. They're throwing rocks through his windows and shit right now. <laughs> That is awesome, Zach. <laughs> John, final thoughts. It's a great topic. Like we say, these are the types of conversations and questions that are not really talked about much, right? Not because they're, it's just difficult to really, these types of questions are situational and it varies from business to business, from experience to experience. But it's good to continue to have these conversations. We've talked about the same, you know, the same few questions quite a few times. And I'm sure if you go back and you kind of listen to all the different times we've answered these questions, though they keep the same general story, we expand each and every time in different portions of it, right? Or based on new experiences that we come across. I'm always learning and I'm always figuring out new ways to do things that have worked for me, that haven't worked for me in the past that are working for me now or whatever. And I think that these types of questions and podcasts are, are, you know, where you kind of get the most out of it. Right. And, or at least it it initiates thought so that you put a little bit more time and effort, you at least have a thought process around these, these types of things. Cause a lot of people that go into the backyard don't necessarily take these things into consideration. And if you're not asking these things, you can't really fault somebody for not telling you. You're the professional out there. You're the one who's supposed to know all these things. 
And if you're not looking for if you're not looking for these red flags, then you're going to be the one that's going to end up holding the bag at the end of the day, having to have that co- tough conversation of either letting that customer go, raising them up accordingly, or for the most part, the reality is that a lot of us out there are just going to be dealing with it and continuing because we all had those customers before, or we all have them now where we just hate going into that backyard and we've been doing it for years, but yet we still put up with that. And I'm telling you, and Edgar's telling you, and Zach's telling you that you don't have to do that. Life and your business will be that much better if you come to reality and understand that, hey, look, these are the types of things you want to stay away from because that money isn't worth it doesn't matter how much you really charge for it. Your happiness, your motivation, right? Your time is just not worth that extra dollar or that headache. That's it. Big shout out out here to Mr. Bluff over here. He's saying, hey, John, smile. That's true, John. You haven't been smiling very much today. You've kind of been a little over there kind of with that frown upside down. So a uh, good call there, my, Mr. Bluff. He says, also, Zach's always got the, has the best takes. So big shout out to you, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I agree. I think these podcasts are the great ones where we're able to break down those things for the pool pros because we're all, and we've all been through that journey. So anyways, everybody, I know that John needs to get out there now that he's got all his pools on Friday. Look, he's dancing a little bit out there, kind of probably like trying to send me a signal, like let's cut, let's go. I got to get out there. So John, you're going to have to come up with a baseball signal for me so that we're online. And, and as you do that, we know that that means we got to go and I got to get out there too. I got to go get some stuff ready for the class on Saturday. Everybody coming out to the class on Saturday, super excited to connect. Zach, John, Thank you for your time. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday on the Instagram live. Have a great one, guys. Bye. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.